Jumana Kairos. You've seen her images on giant billboards across the metro. Jumana Kairos. You've seen her images on buses across the city. Now get to know Jumana Kairos. The war broke out in my home country, Lebanon. I was 11 years old and I saw a lot of bloodshed and inequality and poverty. You can't grow up in an environment like that and not be affected by it and not want to make a difference. I graduated from Yale University with a master's in ethics. I speak four languages. It has always been innate in me fighting for the underdog and trying to do whatever it is I can to make a difference in the world. Let Jumana Kairos protect your rights. Call the law offices of Jumana Kairos at 1-866-YOUR-RIGHTS, extension 100, or visit yourrights.com. برنامج يور رايتس مع المحامية جمانة كيروز المختصة في قضايا حوادث السيارات مع نغبة من المحامين في اختصاصات عدة منها الطلاق والهجرة والإفلاس يأتيكم الآن على الهواء مباشرة أسعد الله قادكم بالخير أهلا بكم مستمعينا في حلقة جديدة من برنامج يور رايتس مع المحامية جمانة كيروز للمشاركة في البرنامج بإمكانكم الاتصال على الأرقام 313-769-666-519-256-1039 أيضا بإمكانكم التواصل معنا عن طريق الواتساب برسالة صوتية أو نصية 313-327-7074 وللاستشارات المجانية بإمكانكم الاتصال بمكتب المحامية جمانة كيروس والمختص بقضايا البرسونال انجوريز قضايا حوادث السيارات قضايا الهجرة والتجنس قضايا الفلاس كريمينال لو فاميلي لو وقضايا ضمان اجتماعي وإصابات العمل على الرقم 248-557-3645 شكرا دائما على حسن المتابعه ونتمنى لكم وقتا طيبا مع برنامج رايتس معنا المحامي جمان كيروز عبر على الهواء مساء الخير جمان اهلا وسهلا فيك في برنامج رايتس يعطيك الف عافيه رامي الله يعافيك يا اهلا كيفك اليوم؟ الحمد لله شو اخبارك ان شاء الله تمام كثر خير الله everything is good صباح الخير لكل نعم. المستمعين كمان مره بنتمنى للجميع a very happy healthy Peaceful, successful new year. مثل كل نهار جمعة بنتكلم عن قانون الفاميلي لا أو الكريمينال لا أو الاثنين. كمان مرة بحب ذكر إنه نحن على الهواء كل يوم بوقت ثابت اللي هو بين الساعة واحدة والساعة تنتين لايف كل يوم بموضوع مختلف. نهار التنين حلقة ثابتة للهجرة. نهار الثلاثاء حلقه ثابته للافلاس نهار الاربعاء حلقه ثابته للاصابات الشخصيه ان كانت نابعه عن حادث سياره او سليب اند فول تريب اند فول او ان كانت نابعه عن اخطاء طبيه نهار الخميس حلقه ثابته عن قانون الضمان الاجتماعي والاصابات ضمن العمل ونهار الجمعه حلقه ثابته عن قانون الفاميلي لا وكريمينال لا وكل نهار احد الساعه 7 بعد الظهر عشيه بالاحرى من رده حلقه من الحلقات اللي يمكن نعتبر اللي مرقت من التنين للجمعه اللي بنعتبر انه يمكن بتفيد المستمعين اذا عدناها سو so نحن اليوم نهار جمعه كمان مره هابي نيو يير انا وانا سي هابي نيو يير تو يو اتورني كورتني مارشال هاو ار يو دوينج توداي ايم دوينج جريت ثانك يو فور هافينج مي ماي بليجر So last time we were on the air was about a couple of weeks ago when we had our last live show or maybe 10 days ago, maybe a week ago. I no longer remember. We had a very, 
very extensive discussion about child support. It was really a wonderful show and one, you know, worth repeating. Maybe it's maybe it's a show we should repeat on a Sunday because there was a lot of information about, you know, who has to pay child support, who gets child support, who is child support for? What if you have a change in your circumstances and you're paying child support? Does that mean that you automatically get a reduction in your child support and so forth? It was really, really, really really a fabulous show. Today, I want to talk about something different, but I want to tell the listeners that they can call. And I know on the family show, show, criminal show, um, like with the bankruptcy show, a lot of people don't like to call for various reasons. And that's why there is a WhatsApp number that Rami is there to take your uh, messages, whether they are in writing or whether they are oral, and that WhatsApp number is 313 313-327-7074. 313-327-7074. 313-327-7074 واللي بحب يتصل ويشارك uh, 313-769-6666 و519-256-1023 لح نتكلم شوي اليوم عن قانون رامي قانون الطلاق مش مثل قانون الإفلاس مش مثل قانون الهجرة مش مثل قانون الإصابات الشخصية مش مثل قانون الضمان الاجتماعي مش مثل قانون الإصابات ضمن العمل هذا القانون وراء وهذه قصة الديفورس وراها أشياء نفسية psychological أغلبية الأوقات الأشياء اللي بتأدي لطلاق بين شخصين هي أسباب شخصية فنحن اليوم لح نبلش وي ار هابي تو تيك اني كول حتى لو كان او تعليق حتى لو كان عن موضوع اخر بهم الكريمينال لا بدنا نحكي شوي اليوم عن الاسباب الرئيسيه اللي بتأدي الاشخاص للطلاق لانه كمان مره بما بخص العائله الاسباب دائما هي نفسيه psychological reasons behind why people get married and psychological reasons behind why people get divorced. So هيدا الموضوع بنبلش نطرحه لليوم. أغلبية الأشخاص بيفكروا بعيد من هون لا سمح الله إنه الخيانة هي الرقم هو هي السبب الأساسي للطلاق بين شخصين. وإنما الدراسات ونحن هون مش عم نحكي بس شرقيين نحن عم نحكي بأمريكا عم نحكي بالعموم أمريكا is a melting pot فيها, فيها شرقيين وفيها غربيين وفيها أوروبيين وفيها هنود وفيها يابانيين وإلى آخره so, وقت لمنشمل كل الأمريكان الدراسات بتفرجي أنه السبب الرئيسي ليش شخصين بيطلقوا هو مش الخيانة السبب الرئيسي لشخصين بيطلقوا وحكينا عن هيدي النقطة قبل أكتر من مرة هو لأنه بال بال بالاختصار دخلوا بالزواج للأسباب الغلط الأسباب الغلط إن كانت أسباب مادية إن كانت أسباب إنه الشخص هلأ صار وقت يتجوز إن كان الست بتفكر إنه صار وقت إنه تتجوز الرجل صار وقت يصير عنده أولاد الرجل بده مرة تتحتمله ببيته تطبخله تربيله أولاده هيدولي كلهم مثل اللي بيتجوز للمصاري هن الأسباب الغلط والدراسات بيّنت 
انه السبب الاساسي ذا نمبر 1 ريزن ليش الاشخاص اثنين بيطلقوا هن لانه بيدخلوا بالزواج اصلا للاسباب الغلط قبل ما انتقل للانجليزي واتكلم مع المحامي كورتني مارشال بدي خبرك نكته صغيره هي مش نكته يعني لخبرك مره القاضي عادل حرب اللي هو قاضي ان وين كاونتي واللي هو ان اون ذا فاميلي لا ديفيجن ومنوجه له التحيه عم يمزح معي قال لي جمانا شو بتعتبري السبب الاساسي هيدي من تقريبا شي اربع اشهر شو بتعتبري السبب بالاساسي ليش اثنين بيطلقوا؟ قلت له اسباب ماديه قال لي نو قلت له لانه ما بيتفقوا او لانه بيدخلوا بالزواج للسبب الغلط قال لي نو قلت له شو السبب الاساسي الاثنين بيطلقوا؟ فقالها بالانجليزي رح اقولها بالانجليزي Do you know what is the number one reason why people get divorced says Judge عادل حرب and I said these two reasons and he said no and then he said because they get married in the first place. <laughs> so I think the safest way not to get divorced is not to get married, right? Right, right. <laughs> no, we are not encouraging people to do that. But that was his joke. And he is a family law judge. So he is joking, obviously. He is um, definitely joking. So the first reason why uh, people get divorced, Attorney Courtney Marshall, is not Fidel infidelity is right. not infidelity. It's not even finances. Mm-hmm. Actually, the number one reason it is said is because you get into the marriage for the wrong reasons. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Well, we're uh, talking psychology today. Right. Until we get a call or a comment or anything like that. Go ahead. I think particularly in our society today with social media, and things of the like, it's easy to set up unrealistic expectations. I think that's a trap people fall into. They see this image of what married life is going to be like. Um, or, looks like or looks like on somebody else's right. social media page. Right. Fairy right. tale. Yeah, fairy tale type. Beautiful. And it starts from the time, especially for, for girls, mm-hmm. from the time that we're young. Mm-hmm. The princess yes. being saved by the prince and right. happily ever after. Mm-hmm. So I think we come into marriage often with this vision of what it's going to be like. And that vision, in fairness, has been passed down. Social media is today's age. Social media did not exist even, you know, 10 years ago. Right. However, maybe Facebook, but not, you know, Instagram, Twitter, and what have you. But growing up, and I'm Mm -hmm. 55 years old, I read, you know, Cinderella's story and, uh, you know, uh, uh, living happily ever after and and how her prince came and saved her and made her happy and made her whole again. So it is really in our culture, wherever we are in the world, it is in our culture. It's in it's in folk folk tales. Yes. Folk tales. It's in Disney. Right. It's in Disney. It's what we watched growing up. It's what we made our children watch growing up up right the story of the prince charming who comes and saves her right and they live happily ever after happily ever after and now you are saying that social media Mm -hmm. has added a very severe unrealistic untrue fake layer on top of all that i i do believe that in in today's society 
Uh, many of these young couples are going into marriages with this vision and expectation of what it's going to be like. And I think it's based on, as we talked about, growing up with these images, these princesses and princes and happily ever after. And then as you get older and you're exposed to social media and you see these pictures of these beautiful families who seem to be happier than anyone could imagine and children and everybody looks good and I think once you get into life and people are working and they're raising children and they're dealing with each other and learning to cope with with the struggles of life and that beautiful ideal image that we've grown up to believe is what we can expect from a marriage is not in fact reality at all. So I want to take a minute to talk about social media because it's so easy to Photoshop Mm -hmm. and make yourself look a lot more beautiful and a lot more, I mean, it's really, it's it's an art, if if you want to call it that, of taking whatever you have on an image and changing it to what you want it to be. Right. And, you know, just yesterday, um, one of the most famous supermodels of her time at the time of Naomi Campbell and Cindy Crawford, and there was a woman, or there's a woman, uh, whose name is Polina Poriskova, and oh. she was the face of Estee Lauder growing up at age 20, because she's my age, she's 54, I'm 55. You know, I would look up to these gorgeous women, Cindy Crawford and Polina and Naomi Campbell and Linda Evangelista, and just yesterday, she posted a picture of herself, you know, and she said, this is what I really look like. And uh, look like and she posted it on social media and it is not only makeup free but it's also it's not photoshopped at all so she said look at my droopy eyelids and look at look at my jolly bits and she said I urge people to be more real online and she's making a point she's making a point she did not have to post that picture and she still looks beautiful however you can see you know the bags under her eyes the droopy eyelids uh, the contouring you know around her face and that's the thing is that when we look at social media and and we have said that a million times before and million other people have said that but within the context of the discussion we're having is again you look on social media and you are an observer Mm -hmm. and you're watching other people live their lives and again to begin with um i remember once somebody told me um i said to him your wife just died how is it that your two daughters are smiling in the photo and i asked asked it very innocently and it stuck in my head what he said. He said, think about it, Jumana. Anytime there is, a, there, is a f- there is a camera in your face, your instinct is to smile. Yeah. So here we are, you know, when you are looking at photos of other people and the problem becomes that number one, you believe that's really their life. It mm-hmm. may or may not be their life. It may be faked. It may be enhanced. Right. Okay. And 
subconsciously, if not consciously, you're raising the bar. Right. You are raising the bar for what your body should look like, what your hair should look like, what your clothing should look like, what your house should look like, what your marriage should look like, what your relationship should look like, what your vacation should look like. Right. Because now we're looking at vacations of, you know, very wealthy people all over the world and mm. we are comparing our vacation to theirs. So I think that subconsciously more than consciously, people start raising the bar yep. and become very unhappy and to men and women, they start having unrealistic expectations. Yeah, yeah, I see it. I see it often in the divorce context as well, where the reasons that they want to give you for the breakdown of the marriage, which of course Michigan is a no-fault state, so you don't which need means a reason. You don't need a reason, but sci- because this is all about psychology, you know, everybody is going to give you a reason of because. Course they're not going to come across as wanting to get out of it for just the littlest because. things or <laughs> right. just because. Right. And often the reasons that I hear, in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, was that ever really your expectation? Sure. Did you ever have a conversation? You know, preferably, of course, before you commit to marriage about what your expectations were or your yeah. hopes for the marriage. Right. And again, he, here we're talking amongst ourselves. We, I know I don't have the answers and I don't no. think you do. You know, there is no cure. Right. We're not saying today that there is a cure for what people need to do so that their expectations um, you know, are are realistic about what marriage truly looks like. Right. But we are at least presenting the problem, mm-hmm. uh, making each other aware of the fact that to begin with, we've all been socialized into thinking, you know, of ha- living happily ever after the Cinderella stories right. and all the Walt Disney stories, <laughs> even before the age of social media. Yeah. And now with the advent of social media, it's gotten even worse because now subconsciously, if not consciously, you're comparing yourself to others Mm -hmm. or you're looking at what's being painted out there, most of which is often untrue. Right. You know, how many people have you seen on social media and then you get the announcement? Um, you know, say celebrities, an announcement a month later, they are separating, they are getting a divorce. Well, what were all these pictures about? So I think what we're saying today is just be mindful of the fact that there are forces in our society today that are making our expectations about what a relationship is unrealistic. Absolutely. What else can we talk about? Is there anything we parents, is there anything we parents, we need to have discussions with our children about, you know, what it looks like like versus what it is like right and 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 between two people it can be a wonderful relationship but it's a relationship where it's not pain free all the time mm-hmm. it's not sacrifice free all the time mm-hmm. but when you do love each other when you are really uh, synced enough you have enough in common you can overcome them and right. grow stronger and grow closer so there is beauty in that pain yeah you oh know? absolutely and yeah. i think it's a fine line because, of course, no one wants to involve children in adult 
discussions or issues. I'm, I'm talking about raising our children. Right, right. About what to expect when they get married. Right. Yes. And, and that's what I think involving them, letting them see the natural process that a, a, a married couple goes through in dealing with the day-to-day finances of the household, for example, I think is a wonderful thing to share with children because you're exposing them to that. Hopefully, they're seeing an open dialogue and between parents. And that's the best way children learn. Yes, is to, is to see their modeling. parents yeah, doing to see it. What, how and to see that it's it. not always easy and it's not always perfect. And that is another thing I think we need to add. Uh, sorry if I interrupted, mm. but I don't want to forget it. I don't know where we got that idea that life can never be routine. Actually, I have news for everyone. The greatest majority of your day-to-day is routine. That's why people right. take vacations occasionally right. and you know do different things. But it is normal. We should expect, we should psychologically, this is all psychology. This is nothing but psychology. Yeah. We should expect that your work is routine, your daily life at home is routine, and then occasionally you do things to spice it up, yep. to change it up, such as travel and whatnot. Right, and that gives us something to look forward to. So and life toward. So life is not from thrill to thrill. Right, right. From high to high. Yep. Right. Yep, you've okay. got to have the lows in order to enjoy the highs. Makes the good that times too, that much better. But that's also life. It is life. You are here mm-hmm. to learn. Yeah. Not just, you know, you can't be on a high all the time. It just doesn't work like that. Right. And I think exposing children to that and not setting them up for these unrealistic expectations, not to keep using that, but, uh, you know, truly, true. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to prepare them much, much better for what married life ultimately is probably going to look like. <laughs> Okay. So we want to remind the listeners that we are going to talk about the reasons for the personal reasons that are behind marriage and the reasons for the personal reasons that are behind the divorce. And we are going to talk about the first point. The first point is why people are going to be married. The research in America is showing that the main reason why people are going to be married is not a reason, it is not a reason for reasons. More than what it is because they are going to be married for the wrong reasons. We started to talk about why people are going to be married for the wrong reasons. نحن ربينا بكولتشرز ان كان بالشرق الاوسط او ان كان حتى في امريكا ديزني وولد ديزني تشيلدرنز بوكس عن عن الصبايا الصغار اللي بيجي بيجي الامير وبيحسن لهم حياتهم وذي ليف هابلي ايفر افتر والصعوبه الاقصى هلا انه فوق الكولتشر اللي نحن ربينا عليها اللي هي بتفوت باللاوعي تبعنا وبتصير من الاكسبكتيشنز اللي نحن بننتظرهم السوشيال ميديا اللي بترسم صوره خاطئه صوره خاطئه لانه دائما الانسان وقت اللي بده يحط شغله على السوشيال ميديا اذا ما بتحسن له صورته مش رح يحطها اذا مش حاسس بتحسن له صورته مش رح يحطها فالسوشيال ميديا منا عبره لنقدر نحكم كيف علاقه زوجيه بدها تكون لانه السوشيال ميديا اغلبيتها مركبه حتى اللي هن مش فيك اكاونتس صوره مركبه صوره محسنه الى اخره سو so, اول سبب رئيسي ليش الاشخاص آه بيطلقوا الدراسه بتقول هي الدخول 
بالزواج لسبب الغلط so getting into the number one reason for divorce is getting into marriage for the wrong reason mm-hmm. so let's talk about some of these wrong reasons I think the first thing that comes to people's minds is money, money. I married him for <laughs> money right sure okay everybody knows that Everybody knows that and everybody knows it's not likely to be good and end up good right. because you have so little in common, you know, the money cannot make you happily ever after. Right. Okay. Right. But there are other wrong reasons. Sure. Let's talk about some of the other wrong reasons why you get into a marriage for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. What about age? Age, you feel your clock is ticking, right? As a woman. Yes. You okay. feel that, that push and I'm getting old and who's going to want me? If I don't do it now... I may never have a chance. Okay. And another reason, which is legitimate too, is, you know, um, a woman pushes beyond her optimum, mm-hmm. I would say optimum reproductive ability, mm-hmm. which is somewhat north of age 33 mm-hmm. and starts feeling that pressure. Oh, sure. Children, the pressure to have children. And By the way, may I add something here? And that didn't exist even 10 years ago. Um Women nowadays, young girls nowadays, if, you know, if they feel that they are getting north of age 33 Mm -hmm. and life is such that they have not met the right person and we would not encourage them to marry for the wrong reason just so that they have a child. Technology has advanced so much that now a woman can freeze her egg. Right. So it used to be that you can only freeze an embryo, meaning an egg and a sperm together forms an embryo. Mm -hmm. That you can freeze and use whenever you want. Mm -hmm. Until about 10 years ago, give or take, you could not, a young lady could not freeze her eggs because that technology did not exist. Mm -hmm. Now it does. So perhaps a 32-year-old young lady who does, is not in a relationship may choose to do a course of reproductive, mm-hmm. you know, um, endocrinolo- endocrinology, take certain drugs and have her eggs removed mm-hmm. and put aside in a fridge, in a freezer sure. until such time that she is ready. So maybe she removes her eggs at age 32. Mm -hmm. She meets the right person at age 35. They get married at age 37. And now she decides to get pregnant at age 38. That egg is 32 years of age. It's a younger, healthier egg. And that gave her the option to go on with her life and get married for the right reason. Yeah. That technology did not exist. Yeah, that's a a game changer. (laughs) It is a game changer because it gives you options. And we understand a desire for the desire of many women, not all women, Mm -hmm. many women to be mothers. Yes, absolutely. And that technology, yes, it is a little bit expensive. Not everybody, I'm sure, can afford it. Right. But, you know, it's, uh, it's a game changer and it gives... Uh, unmarried women who are not ready and who do not want to get married for the wrong reasons and option. Yes. So th- it's getting up in age or my biological clock is ticking, mm-hmm. ticking, ticking mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, another reason. That reminds me of mm-hmm. that movie uh, with Marissa Tomei and I forgot Danny Levito. Levito. Oh. There is a, an old movie. It's about 20 years old where she's the fiance of Danny Levito and she stomps her foot. He's a lawyer and he 
terrible lawyer at that. Oh. Terrible lawyer who is defending someone who is wrongly accused. My it's cousin Vinny. My yeah. cousin Vinny. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Joe. My cousin Vinny is a classic. And there is a scene in that movie where she stomps her feet because they have been engaged forever. And she goes, you don't understand. My clock, my biological clock is ticking and ticking and ticking and ticking. <laughs> so now freezing, you know, if, if 20 years ago, Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny had the um, had the um, uh, option to freeze her eggs, maybe she wouldn't have said to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So anyhow, one of the wrong reasons why people get married is, you know, it's time. Whether it's a man because he needs to be a father and have a family, mm-hmm. or whether it is a woman because her biological clock has a limit. Mm-hmm. Right. And the risk increases as the egg gets older. older. Sure. That's a reality. It sure does. Right, yeah. right. What are some of the other reasons? You know, I think money, one that I said money that, yeah. that the the biological clock, family, family, family pressures. You know, maybe your parents are aging, and it's important to you that they're both still alive and able to be part of that. Uh, maybe it's pressure from mom or dad. When and are you going to get married? When are you going to get married? And you know what? That's not wrong in and of itself. Right. 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 The problem is. Yes, we understand loving parents and family and society putting the pressure on you to have a kid. Mm -hmm. We get that. The problem is the risk. You have to weigh that with the risk of entering into the wrong relationship, which will end up in divorce or infidelity or both. And the effects, the psychological effect on this child or the children, that's the problem. Right. In other words... Parents, you know, we understand, you know, they want their kids to have children mm-hmm. before they, they die. It's a beautiful reason. Yeah. The problem is you have to weigh that. Mm-hmm. I apologize. You have to weigh that against the risk of entering into the wrong relationship leading to divorce right. and leading to the breakup of a relationship. Right, right. Which can be, I, I mean, and let's face it, it, when you go through a divorce, the whole family is going through the divorce. So if your parents are still alive and they're the reason you entered into the marriage the first time, you better believe they're going to suffer right along with you when that marriage fails. And when so, the marriage fails, it affects the whole family right. schedule as well. They have to all pitch in and Absolutely. help raise the children. And so it aff- so a divorce between two people has far-reaching um, you know, ripple effects sure. than the two people, mm-hmm. right? And what a heartbreaking thing is a parent to watch your child have to go through. It, it is. It's a divorce. It and, is. You know, certainly so if you feel like you contributed by pushing your child into the marriage in the first place. Right. So really just being sure that that's not the reason you're doing it because you have aging parents or a mom who's really excited about a wedding, you know, those or are... Or society that says you're 38 years old and you you don't have kids yet right for a dad or something yeah, absolutely right. the, the the idea that you won't be desirable anymore once you've reached a certain age because who's that, gonna want to marry a 40 that's year old a, that's a concern for women sure not sure. for men right probably not as much for that's men a fact as women, that's a fact certainly um you know maybe maybe well we've talked about the financial side of it 
the, well, the, 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 like we said, the number one reason for why people get divorced is getting married in the first place for the wrong reason. Right. The second reason, mm-hmm. second to third reason is finances. Yeah. Now, tell us from your perspective, meeting with clients or before when you were in court for over 20 years, mm-hmm. watching these litigants come and go divorcing couples, mm-hmm. you know, what role did the finances play in most, not all, mm-hmm. of these couples' lives? Uh, tremendously large. Tremendous. Tremendously oh, large. yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And whether it's one spouse being absolutely clueless about the financial state of the family, that's a very common one where you have one spouse who handles all the money. And it may not necessarily even be the wage earner, but you've got one spouse who's handling all the money and is fully aware of the situation while the other is just absolutely clueless. And before you know it, you've got maybe creditors knocking at the door or you know a foreclosure notice taped to the front door when you come home. Believe me, I've seen it where the other spouse is none the wiser. So are you saying that are you implying that it's almost pretty harmful for one person in the couple, mm-hmm. regardless of who it is, to be in charge of paying out the finances without bringing in and getting the other person in the couple involved so that that other person has an understanding Absolutely. of how the money is being spent and where it's going and how little of it is left. Yeah. So, so sometimes say, say the husband is making the money, mm-hmm. but the wife is staying at home. So she takes it upon herself to handle the finances, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Sure. The vision of roles, you know, he's making the money and she's paying the bills. Sure. But if she does not keep him involved, mm-hmm. he may not have a true, accurate understanding of how quickly the money is diminishing to go to pay even essential things. So his behavior in spending money mm-hmm. may come across as very insensitive to the wife, but it's really because he hasn't been in the picture really. Right. He hasn't been really informed and a partner in that picture to see together how that money is going. Absolutely. Uh, talking about money between married uh, folks is, is not, it's not easy. Let's face it. It can be, it can be very difficult. It can be uncomfortable. Um, but I think it's really important that, that, couples are on the same page when it comes to money and that there is open communication and dialogue because we know the damage that a financial problem in a marriage can cause. And if there's open communication about money, who, you know, who's spending the money, where is it being spent? How are we budgeting? Um, Are we saving properly? It definitely, the lack of communication about those things is a recipe for disaster in a marriage. So I think what you are saying, one of the many things you are saying is that even if one of the two in a, in a relationship handles the money, mm-hmm. which is a good thing, mm-hmm. they may be dividing the roles, you do this, I do that. It's it's ideal and much better for that person who's handling the money to have sit downs with the other person so that the other person has an appreciation for how the money is, where the money is going and how the money, because I think it will better inform the behavior of the other person and make them more financially responsible when they see how the money is going and, you know, how, how, how it goes 
out so fast. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. And it's kind of uh, it's kind of like running a small business. Running a household is is kind of like running a small business. It is, and it, you're in a partnership with your spouse, right? And it's really, really important that you're talking about that regularly. So then, it is dangerous for one person in the couple to take care of all the finances and not bother the other person because they think they're not bothering them and helping them. Right. But by by also doing that, they're keeping them in the dark. Yeah. And by keeping them in the dark, the other person might engage in behavior that's above their means. Right. Because Absolutely. they haven't been involved in how what's going on and sure. how the money is being sure. spent. And okay. if the spouse handling it is never saying anything, hey, we're really low on money, groceries are going to be tight. Yeah, how is that person supposed to know? Right. So you buying lunch, buying, yeah. you know, it's... Right. Communication is is key. Is key for with sure. finances. Mm-hmm. And have you seen that some divorces are, you know, because of the lack of finances? Is it the lack of money? How? Because finances can be anything. It can be lack of money, mm-hmm. and that's why two people got divorced. One person got tired with how the other person is not bringing enough money. Another one is lack of compatibility financial compatibility sure. one spends one saves yep you know one plans for the future and one spends on credit right he does not have so let's talk about lack of finances for a minute mm-hmm. so the, the do you find that lack of finances meaning not enough money mm-hmm. is a main is a, is a big reason for why people get divorced it can be it can be and it comes in the form of resentment is where you see it is maybe one spouse is working and the other one isn't and maybe that was okay at a point in time in the marriage but at some point that changed and i mean it could happen in a number of different ways but you see it the other partner who feels like they're working and they're the main contributors starts to become resentful toward the other person who may be not earning as much. And then they become the blame, the scapegoat for the problems in the marriage. Well, if you were only working or if you were only making money. So again, it it, it comes back to communication again and having a discussion about these things. Mm -hmm. But a lack of of financial resources is extre- can be extremely stressful. And especially if, if it's secretive, if one of the parties is not expressing that to the other party, because it, naturally you're gonna build up some resentment toward that party and the party may not even know that there's a problem to begin with. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, absolutely. Lack of finances can definitely contribute to. Okay. Now, within the financial arena, there is also something called lack of compatibility in mm-hmm. the financial arena. And that means we don't see things the same way. For example, you know, there is a conflict all the time. I save, he spends. Yep. I focus on the future, he focuses on today. Uh, I save, he buys on credit. Mm-hmm. That's a different philosophy. Yes. That's a financial philosophy that's different within a couple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He thinks different from wh- how she thinks. Yep. Okay, yep. and have you seen that being an, a problem also in divorces, co- resulting in divorces? Oh, sure, absolutely. The because spender versus the saver. It's it's very very common, um, and I would come back to for those that we talked about in the beginning, contemplating marriage, thinking about it. This is a discussion that should be had before 
the parties get married. Because over time, you know, it's going to cause a lot of conflict in the relationship. Oh, absolutely. Because there is a conflict between a spender and a saver. I mean, either the spender is upset and angry at the saver or the saver right. is resentful that this, this the, 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 the spender is resentful that the saver wants to always save. And, yep. you know, though this is an important one yep. that you must discuss before entering into a marriage. Absolutely. Financial alignment. <laughs> I like what I that. like to call it. I like that. I'm going to write this down. Financial alignment. really need to be aligned on their philosophies about money, the handling of money, the goals. What are their goals? Um, you know, where do you want to, where do you see yourself in five years, 10 years? And that's a conversation that parties need to have. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not financially aligned, inevitably other things are going to fall out of line as well. Yeah. And again, I mean, is this conflict over time, over time, mm-hmm. over time, it becomes hectic and tiresome and hectic and tiresome and hectic and tiresome. It sure does. So in your opinion, as a divorce attorney, this issue over finances, mm-hmm. uh, maybe not necessarily lack of finances, but lack of financial alignment or mm-hmm. lack, of compat- like a lack of financial compatibility. Sure. That is something that is very serious, that you've seen it lead into divorces, and it's your position that it's something that needs to be figured out before the marriage. Absolutely, before. That is a a critical conversation. It is a critical conversation. Yeah, and you think as you're dating, you know, naturally we go, most couples go through a process of dating before, maybe even living together before. Um, and you think you know, you think you know, right? I, I know what, what his beliefs are about money, and I understand how she handles her, her finances. But have you actually sat down and really mapped that out, really laid out what your goals are individually, what your goals are as a couple, and just planned for these things? It doesn't just happen. It, you know, it takes intention, it takes focus. And it takes commitment by both parties. Right. And and I also say that, you know, people can mislead with their words, but their mm-hmm. actions don't mislead. Because you can say one thing, but then as, as I'm watching your behavior, one behavior at a time, you know, you leave dots behind every behavior and the dots begin to connect and an image will appear. Mm-hmm. And that image is far more reliable than your words. Absolutely. Right. Yep. And be very careful of that honeymoon period when people start dating because everything is rosy and they have those amazing glasses right that's a high that's really oh, a it high. sure is it right. sure is some people are addicted to being in love all the time as yeah. soon as they fall out of love they have to go to the next relationship because it makes them feel good mm-hmm. it's like a natural high mm-hmm. right another mm-hmm. discussion i think everybody knows there have been increasingly you know interreligious marriages yeah where people from different religions get married and that's a very serious discussion oh absolutely especially if you plan on bringing children precisely because you are planning on bringing children if it's Mm -hmm. just two adults and you know no plan on having children or they already have children by former marriages and Mm -hmm. you know that that their uh, religious education has been set i think it's huge to have that discussion because you can't have the children say, now what? Right. I'm, I'm raising him in this faith. No, I'm raising him in that faith. And, you know, as people grow older, they become, in my opinion, and in the opinion of many others, actually, mm-hmm. I think they become more con- more entrenched in their religious convictions. Oh, sure. As people grow older, they become more 
more convinced mm-hmm. of their religious convictions mm-hmm. and, and not willing to hear. And you know, when it comes to religion, that's a very critical that's a very critical discussion because you know, and it is so critical and it is so sensitive and it is so personal yeah. that even the constitution has said whenever possible there would be separation of church and state yeah. with church meaning religion church doesn't have to be church it can be church can be mosque it can be temple exactly separation of religion and state meaning separation of religion and and other matters because again it's a deeply personal thing mm-hmm. it's for everyone according to their own religious beliefs but now what do you do when it's two people from two different religions you know getting married mm-hmm. and and having to you know raise children do you raise them in this tradition yep. this religious tradition or that religious tradition religion is definitely a big big factor in child rearing especially but another important conversation to have before before Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. yeah so you probably would not advocate for quick marriages you would not advocate for um um, people dating for a very short period of time and then getting married i would not risky i think it's very risky i call it playing russian roulette so you may luck out (laughs) you may luck out yeah and you know have on a very short you know dating you may luck out and 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 have landed by sheer luck you know what russian roulette is to our listeners it's like you put one bullet in the revolver and you shoot with the hope that the shot is not the one that has the bullet. Yeah. How many how many holes does a revolver has? Five, six, something know. like that. Yeah, something. Right. Scary. So you have a <laughs> one in six or one in five chances of you know not uh, of yeah. getting yeah. So yeah. when you date for a very short period of time, you may be lucky. Mm-hmm. You may be lucky, mm-hmm. but you may be <laughs> very unlucky. Right. 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 You know, another thing that comes to mind is arranged marriages, which I know is, is I've heard quite a bit of in, in my practice here. Um, and, and that, too, can be a risky endeavor because you don't necessarily know each other very well. Sure. And arranged marriages are less prevalent mm-hmm. than you think than you might think Mm -hmm. however they still happen here and there Mm -hmm. and the problem with these marriages particularly you're not living out that life back home where divorce may be less acceptable and where you know it's not a no-fault state right you're bringing that relationship between two people who barely met each other and you're living that out here in the United States where the law is on your side and you can divorce that person for any reason or no reason. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be mindful of where you're living your marriage. Yes. And so if you enter into an arranged marriage and you discover that you are not compatible, Mm -hmm. it is a lot easier for you to get divorced at least civilly here mm-hmm. than it is back home. So then ah. arranged marriages are far riskier to live out here than it is back home. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. That that's another sense. Right. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, a number of people in the community, and we don't mean to bash people today. Oh, gosh, no. No, we <laughs> are not. We're just bringing awareness, awareness. to each other. Mm-hmm. Nothing more. In mm-hmm. the end, 
you know, everyone is responsible for their own decisions and God knows everyone has to live out the consequences of their, ba- of their decisions, good or bad. That's right. That's free will. Yeah. Free will means you can do whatever you want as long as it's not legal, it n- not illegal. Right. But to every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. There are consequences to every action and non-action. So this is just a discussion. We began by saying that we're talking about the psychological things behind marriages Mm -hmm. and the psychological reasons behind divorces. So we're just bringing that to each other's attention. So there are still people in the Middle Eastern community, you may not know that, I do know that, who still dream of bringing the bride or the husband, future husband from Mm -hmm. back home. And you know, they meet over the internet and there is a strong desire on the part of the other person to leave, you know, the Middle East that is strife with war and, and, you know, um, instability and, Mm -hmm. and, and what have you. And there is a desire on the part of the person here to bring somebody from their home country who speaks their language and cooks their food and Mm. has a common language, so to speak, of understanding. And again, that is also very risky. Somebody who grew up in another country, just because they share the same ethnic background and they speak the same language, you're bringing that person here. You know, sometimes what I have seen very sadly is, you know, marriages breaking down or sometimes very sadly people coming over and abusing the freedoms that are offered here. Yeah. Abusing the freedoms, uh, misunderstanding because they ca- they go from an oppressive place to mm-hmm. a place where the law is with you. You know, you can call the police on anybody and their brother and you can call 911 and and and. Um, you know, you can go get divorced for any reason. And what we have seen is some people come here and not, and we say this very lovingly, not mm-hmm. being able to understand because going from this oppressive place to this place where there are all these freedoms and getting lost, so to speak, oh, sure. and abusing it, mm-hmm. you know, leading to disaster and leading to domestic violence and leading to the police visiting you every other day yeah. and leading to the breakdown of the relationship and leading to, um, um, you know, divorces. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Domestic violence, without Mm -hmm. being very specific, have you seen much of it lately in our office? Honestly, no. That's good. It it does seem to be, seeing it less and less, yes, which is is very refreshing. That's wonderful. Yes. Because nobody wins. No, no. Nobody it's, wins. It's really it's it's when you're oh, dealing the lawyers, with a family, the lawyers will make some money. Okay, uh, but nobody wins. Yes, it's very, very, very difficult, and especially when you have the survivor of domestic violence finally with the courage to come forward and leave, and thinks, you know, maybe this is finally when I'm going to get my. I hate to use the word revenge, but in some way, retribution for what the person has been put through, Mm -hmm. only to learn that the system is not going to reward you. No. Your reward will be getting out of that relationship. Sure. And we're simplifying here, but I want to talk about something else. Very sadly, we've seen in our Middle Eastern community, and you may Mm -hmm. have seen it here or heard about it or not, which would be great. Sometimes altercations between a couple begin orally. Mm. They're verbally assaulting each other. And Uh. 
I think what we need to remind each other of the power of the tongue. Oh. Even our holy books have written about the power of the tongue. A tongue can burn a whole forest. You can burn a forest with your tongue. Sure. The power of the tongue is extremely, extremely, extremely real. Yeah. So although domestic violence requires one person to touch the other person, mm -hmm. to assault them, to touch them, although domestic violence requires physical contact, sure. you know what? You can, with your words, work somebody up so much and get them so upset because mm -hmm. everybody has a breaking point. Sure. You can get them so worked up with your words mm -hmm. that the next thing they're doing is they are assaulting you. Right, it so becomes physical. It mm -hmm. becomes physical. Mm -hmm. So now you're the instigator yeah. or you fueled it with your tongue. Right. Okay. You did not touch or anything, causing the other person to lose their control right. and to hit you or Snap. touch you mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. now you call the police and guess what <laughs> you've instigated it knowingly or unknowingly right willingly or unwillingly and the other person you know because everybody has a limit now will be arrested for domestic violence and facing criminal charges right it's a it's mm -hmm. a felony right mm -hmm. and five to ten thousand dollars later and court fines and fees and no and contact. probation <laughs> And probation and families involved mm -hmm. and, and priests and chicks and whatever. Who wins? No, absolutely. No. The, the judicial system, because they're the ones collecting all the fines and costs. There are no winners with domestic violence. So the point is that I think what we're trying to tell people is tell each other is that sometimes you may have been responsible for getting somebody to snap mm -hmm. and hit you. Mm -hmm. Be careful of your tongue. Right. Be careful of what comes out of you because everybody has a breaking point. Sure. So sure. some people use it knowing very well what they're doing. They're mm -hmm. manipulative. And our advice to those who are listening who are in that situation so that they don't fall victim to becoming a domestic violence abuser, mm -hmm. when you're being verbally attacked by the b your significant other or your spouse, just what's the leave. best advice? Leave. 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 Remove yourself from the situation. Leave. That's the uh, that's the only advice that works mm -hmm. is to leave. Yep. Right. Yep. So our advice to people who are being attacked, whether it's with the words or otherwise, is leave. Get out. And and our advice to people who are running their, their tongue is they have, they hold a huge responsibility. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. although the law may not, you know, may not, although they may not be charged for provocation, so right. to speak, right, right, you will not be charged because you provoked somebody. But you know what? In the real court, which is the court of God, you've done wrong. Mm -hmm. And Again, if you've done it unintentionally, it's one thing. But if you know what you're doing, because most people know, most people and a couple know how to push each other's oh, buttons. Oh, absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So that was our discussion for today. I think it was a very good discussion. And I think you're, 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 you're saying <laughs> yes, Joe. Yes, you liked it. I, part of why you liked it, Joe, is because you were able to understand everything we said today because, <laughs> because I did not translate into Arabic. And I apologize to our listeners, but 
it was so free flowing mm-hmm. and a lot of our listeners understand and speak perfect Eng- english of course mm-hmm. but it was so free flowing that i didn't want to interrupt the information that we're getting inspired to share well thank uh, you i yeah. enjoyed it very much thank you attorney courtney marshall joe thank you rami thank you to all of our listeners, thank you. ومنتمنى للجميع ويكاند سليم لنهار التنين ان الله راد مع المحامي سيم سيف وقانون الهجرة الساعة واحدة. Thank you, Rami. إن شاء الله تحيات لك جمانة ونتمنى لك عطلة نهاية أسبوع سعيدة ولكل مستمعينا دبتوا في رعاية الله. إلى اللقاء. This is Sina Radio.